Hags, like, okay, I get it. Like everybody in the East wants Carl Hagelin at least once. <laughs> welcome to Where's My Stick if you're new and welcome back if you aren't. I'm Danielle. I'm Christy. And we have a lot to talk about today, Christy. I mean, normally we would just be jumping into the playoffs, but no, of course, there is drama. <laughs> Originally, I had this like titled the Rangers versus Tom Wilson versus Department of Player Safety versus the NHL. But really, I feel like now that we're kind of at the end of the situation, it's the Rangers versus Department of Player Safety. Yeah, and maybe yeah, even the maybe. NHL. Yeah, maybe. Well, yeah, and I feel like the NHL is, like, protecting the Department of Player Safety, so it's, like, the Rangers versus the NHL. Anyway, if you don't know what we're referencing, I would love to live in your world because, like, like this has What's been everywhere. And, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. So to give a little background, the Rangers and the Capitals are both in the Eastern Division, and they played each other, of course. And during one of their games, Tom Wilson, like Tom Wilson does, played over the necessary aggressiveness that is warranted in a hockey game. And during one of the, like, after whistle scuffles, Tom Wilson punched Rangers uh, Pavel Buchnevich in the head while he was down on the ice with no helmet on. And in a later scrum... He grew, uh, Tom Wilson grabbed Artemi Panarin by the hair, pulls him down on the ice uh, with no helmet uh, to protect Panarin. Like, he literally grabbed Panarin by the hair. And we'll link a video if you haven't seen it. It was all over Twitter. Um, and Artemi Panarin left the game. And I, I don't believe Buchnevich left the game. No. In, in this game. But Artemi uh, Panarin left the game. And it later came out that Panarin will not play for the rest of the season. So Department of Player Safety, of course, said that uh, they like they looked into this uh, situation. And after looking at both of them, they felt that Tom Wilson uh, was only uh, would only warrant a $5,000 fine for punching Pavel Buchnevich, but nothing else about Artemi Panarin, even though at this point in time, uh, Department of Player Safety knew that Panarin was injured and out for the rest of the season. The Rangers surprisingly released a statement that said the New York Rangers are extremely disappointed that the Capitals forward Tom Wilson was not suspended for his horrifying act of violence last night at Madison Square Garden. Wilson is a repeat offender with a long history of these types of acts, and we find it shocking that the NHL and their Department of Player Safety failed to take the appropriate actions and suspend him indefinitely. Wilson's dangerous and reckless actions cause an injury to Artemi Panarin that will prevent him from playing again this season. We view this as a dereliction of duty by the NHL head of player safety, George Peros, and believe he is unfit to continue in his current role. Let's pause here. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> there's a lot more to the story. But Chrissy, please give me your thoughts. Well, I guess my first thought from the Rangers response was like, this is a lot of words that you guys are saying compared to when things happen to K.M.J. Miller and um, all the other Black Lives Matter things. But yes, yes, yes. That was kind of like my first thought. I was just like, this is like a whole. This is like two paragraphs worth of stuff. And then for K. Andre, it's like one or two sentences. In terms of like Tom Wilson only being fined, I was just like, that's just par for the course. And like, what else does Tom Wilson have to do? Like, like this is just what he is. And like, what else does he have to do for him to have serious action taken from him but I was surprised that the Rangers actually like said something um like said something so like oh we're calling for this guy's head he needs to get out of here yeah I mean I I saw both instances or or both acts of violence um and they were horrifying like he literally banged Buchnevitz's head against the ice which is so dangerous Without a helmet. And then he pulls Artemi Panarin down. Like, uh, it just is, 
I saw it f- like regular speed and then slowed down and it's just horrifying no matter what speed you watch. And so I can understand the Rangers' outrage, especially because one of their star players is out for the rest of the season. Now we'll get into the playoff situations later in the episode, but the Rangers aren't going into the playoffs. But still, like, I mean, you, I, I do like the fact that a team is trying to protect their players or speak out on behalf of their players. Mm-hmm. But... So, yeah, I like that, just period. Second, it was actually, I was kind of surprised that player safety only fined him $5,000 because he does have a long history of these type of violent acts. And I just thought that was ridiculous. And the fact that they didn't even mention what happened to Artemi Panarin is just baffling to me. And, like, I don't even like Panarin, but the fact that I'm, like, baffled that, (laughs) Like, what happened to him didn't even get referenced. It just shows you how bad the situation was. And rounding it out to the Rangers' statement, I wish they would have put this effort into other things. Like, if they would have kept this consistency in, like, speaking out on behalf of their players, I would like like it even more. But like Chrissy said... They were completely silent on a lot of important issues. And then even with Keandre Miller, they did the bare minimum. So honestly, it kind of sours their opinion or sours their response to me. But uh, this response got them in a lot of trouble. (laughs) Well, I don't know, depending on how you think of it. But it costs a lot. This is so much. It's just like every few hours, something else is happening. <laughs> so, exactly. So, let's get into what else happened. So, like a lot of uh, games this season, um, there were a lot of back-to-backs or p- p- uh, teams playing each other multiple times in a week. And so, two days later, the Rangers and Capitals played again. Now, before the game, uh, the Rangers released a statement saying that they have fired John Davidson and Jeff Gordon Now, if you don't know, John Davison and Jeff Gordon, respectively, are the president and president of operations and general manager of the New New York Rangers. And Elliot Friedman tweeted this out that the Rangers uh, fired John Davidson and Jeff Gordon. And then he followed up his tweet saying, like many of you, I assume this had to do with the events in the past 28 hours. I don't believe that Davidson or Gordon had anything to do with last night's statement. It was Dolan driven. Now, if you don't know, Dolan is the owner of the Rangers. However, there is word that Dolan was unhappy with the Rangers this season and wanted to make a change. Seems crazy to me because the Rangers have come a long, long way in two years, but he's the owner. As of right now, Chris Drury will be the president president and general manager of the Rangers. Now, Chris Drury, if it's if he's his name sounds familiar that's because the penguins were kind of interested in him having an interview as the gm position for the for the penguins but the rangers were like no lock that down early he is not able to <laughs> um interview with the penguins so just a little fyi if you if that name sounds familiar or and like of course he was a player in the nhl but more recently he was linked to the penguins and then Frank Cervelli, which I don't like to always bring up Cervelli's tweets, but sometimes he does have tea. And I don't know if this is the truth or if maybe <laughs> Elliot's uh, response is similar to the truth, but I'll read you uh, Cervelli's tweet. He said that sources say that the New York Rangers president, John Davidson, and GM Jeff Gordon scurried to distance themselves from the team's statement that was issued on Tuesday night telling other executives that they did not know it was in the works until after it was released. So the Rangers fire their, (laughs) their GM and their president of hockey operations before the game against the Capitals. (laughs) In this game, as you would expect, it was chaotic. Did you watch? In the first, I did not. I was out walking my dog. But I, you know what? I didn't want to give attention to this game because of what was going to happen. Yeah. Like I kind of figured what would happen. 
And I didn't want to give the NHL views because in my mind, I don't know why the NHL is reacting the way that they are, but I don't want to help them in any way. So watching a game, I know I'm only one person, but watching a game that is out of control because the NHL didn't reel it in is just seemed like problematic to me. Yeah, that was my same reaction. I had like no interest of watching, but then I didn't need to watch because it was all over Twitter. Yes, it was all over Twitter. If you don't know what we're talking about, as soon as the game started, there was a line brawl at the like right after puck drop. And then in the first period, there were a hundred penalty minutes given in the first period alone. Now I think at the, by the end of the game, it got to like 170 penalty minutes or 160 penalty minutes but just in the the um the the first period alone 100 penalty minutes were given out um Tom Wilson who started the game was pulled from the game saying that he had a lower body body injury but I think and we'll see if he continues to play the rest of the season that it was mostly just because the game was out of control and they were gunning for him yeah uh, it's just sad that this came out this way. And, um, there was, um, there was, uh, oh, so yeah. Rangers, Pavel Buchnevich has been suspended for one game for high sticking Washington's Anthony Mantha. So in the game, uh, Pavel Buchnevich, uh, high sticked Anthony Mantha. And then of course the player safety, uh, released, uh, the next day that they would, there will be a hearing for Pavel Buchnevich uh, on that high stick. And they ended up suspending him one game for that high stick, which is just laughable in the sense because Tom Wilson did more than high stick a person and just got a $5,000 fine right. in games that happened in between that. And like other, like other games uh, players did more and got less. So it was just honestly felt like player safety was just like sticking it to the Rangers because of what the Rangers, the statement that they released. And to add insult to injury, uh, that same day, the NHL released a statement saying that the New York Rangers were going to be fined $250,000. And the NHL uh, said public comments of the nature issued by the Rangers that were personal in nature and demeaning uh, of the league's executives will not be tolerated, said Commissioner Gary Bettman. While we don't expect our clubs to agree with every decision rendered by the Department of Player Safety, the extent to which the Rangers expressed their disagreement was unacceptable. It is terribly unfair to question George Peros's professionalism and dedication to his role and the Department of Player Safety. So... I kind of jumped in a little bit and gave my thoughts, but Christy, please give me yours. I mean, um, I think that game was, like, I think that this all could have been avoided if they literally just suspended um, Tom Wilson, like, at least the game. And it's really, it's really sad that, like, the Rangers had to basically take it upon themselves to try to, like, defend their players because um, the Department of Player Safety wasn't going to. And, and like, the Rangers aren't that kind of... They aren't that... They just are not that kind of team. Like, they don't... They don't have anybody who, like, fights and stuff. I mean, Brendan Smith, but, like, that's really it. Um, whereas, like, the Caps have a lot more. And I think that... I think the Buchnevich suspension was probably a little bit warranted, but it's laughable because he probably wouldn't have gotten suspended if you got, if they had just suspended Tom Wilson in the first place. Because um, Buchnevich isn't really that kind of player. Like, he was ejected out of the game because he just, you know, couldn't stop, couldn't help himself. Um, and the, I think the fine is ridiculous. Like, I think... Like, they're, it's an opinion that a team is given, and the league was wrong. And they're not questioning how professional Peros is or his dedication to his job. They're just saying – they're criticizing his job. They're saying he's not doing a good job, and I think that's fair. I don't think the Rangers said anything wrong. Um, but then again, like, to me, 200 
$250,000 is a lot, but like to the Rangers, it's nothing. So it's just like, like, what are, like, what are we doing here? <laughs> but no, I think that's fair. I mean, I, to me, this was just another example of the NHL reprimanding any team, any person, anyone who speaks up or steps out of line to what um, they want their culture to be. Like, the, the any, I mean, the Rangers sticking up and trying to protect one of their players, uh, now they get reprimanded twice by the Department of Player Safety and by the NHL. I mean, I know, like, twenty. Uh, $250,000 is nothing to the Rangers, but still like, I don't know, like finding them, the NHL just shows how like greedy and like, so no one can say anything bad about the NHL or have any criticism ever. Like nothing. It's just, it's so short sighted. And Mm -hmm. that's exactly why there's a lot of the problems that we always talk about (laughs) in this podcast with hockey there that's exactly why they it's just I, I don't know what to say I was just like kind of just shocked even though I shouldn't be I was still shocked because I'm like the NHL is so fucking greedy and like they don't like they just don't they'll never care about the players they'll never care about the players. and then I think it kind of draws me back to like things that I've heard this season about like Connor McDavid, he is not protected by this league, blah, blah, blah. Like, people are allowed to do everything to Connor McDavid. But then I'm just like, okay, but which is which is probably true, but look at what, like, the Rangers have a lot of money and they have a lot of pull in this league and they mm-hmm. can't even get, like, this one guy, fi- like, this one guy fired for harming one of, one of their star players. And, like, Panarin's not McDavid, mm-hmm. but he is, like, a star player in this league. Mm-hmm. And he's on the he's on the Rangers, so there's some pull, and they still can't even they can't get anything done, and they're getting punished. So I don't see anything changing because it's not like Tom Wilson is a star player in this league. Like, so why? Like, I don't get why they're protecting him. Like, what is, what is he bringing to you guys? The NHL gives me like really big. Well, it happened to me energy, and mm. so why should I feel bad that it's happening to you? And th- there was an, you know, I don't know if it was an article or not, but I saw a lot of responses from, like, GMs that remain to be, like, or that are silent or or don't want to be, like, you know, don't want to be exposed or um, retired players saying, like, yeah, I saw the hit, like, with Wilson. It was horrible. It was dangerous. But, like, that, like, I... You know, you have to look at the person, like, that was putting themselves in this position. This wasn't a play, like, I don't know if you're, if anyone listening specifically knows the play that I'm talking about, but with uh, Mark Friedman in uh, the Penguins versus the Flyers, uh, their first game, I believe, or their second game, I believe it was, but, like, it wasn't, like, Gosper boarding um, uh, Mark Friedman. Like, this was during a scrum and these players were vulnerable vulnerable yeah so it wasn't like oh well i'm putting myself in a in a vulnerable position so are you telling players don't go into scrums now like i i just don't understand that mindset and it's like well i used to always get boarded back in the day like yeah dude that's not okay now you have like, you CTE. know you probably have, <laughs> yeah like now you have health problems because of it like this is not okay and so None of the retired players really stick up for the players now and the ownership, you know, when they try to speak up, like the Rangers, they get quickly shut down. The NHL doesn't care about its players. They've never cared about their players. And it's so blindingly obvious. And, you know, we just, like our latest episode, didn't we just talk about how shitty the NHL PA is? So, like, no one cares about the players. And then if you do care, you get shut down to the point where you're not supposed to talk out of out of line. Right. The NHL, if you don't constantly praise the NHL, then you're out of line. And it's just so fucked up. Like, this league is so messed up. It's like, w- there's so many pockets of bleeding, you don't know where to to stop. You don't know where to focus on because Mm -hmm. everything is a fucking mess. And, you know, 
I saw when Gabby, um, and I don't know, uh, I'm just like referencing Gabby on Twitter, but I forget what her new um, at is on Twitter. But she talked about like, she said, you know, thinking that the NHL could really be like change their ways. No, it needs to be burned down and built up from the ashes of what this organization and, and the culture and all that is like, you need to take it, burn it all down and start over because there's so many issues. And it, it's just like, Gary Bettman has been accused of kind of like doing whatever the owners want because the owners are all mm-hmm. about their money or whatever. But now you have one of the richest owners being like, like fire this guy. Like he's not fit for his role. And then Bettman and the NHL is just like, no, like, well, here's the thing because it's not multiple owners. Like, as of right now, the I mean, the Rangers by themselves are upset about it. But if it was the Rangers and the, the Canadians and who else is an original sex? The Toronto, the Bruins. Like, if it was if it was like big markets like that ch- chiming in, then I think we would see a different um, outcome. But because it's just one owner, like, no. And I just I mean, that's so. That makes, I mean, that's not the first time we've seen it because when the COVID season hit, there were owners that were like, yeah, we don't want to play. And then other owners that were like, yeah, we want to. And obviously it was the majority that won. So that's why, you know, we have a season. And I had a question here saying like, where does the onus lie in this situation? And I genuinely have no idea. Yeah. I I was just like, obviously, it's the Department of Player Safety, but the Department of Player Safety, don't they work really, don't they work with the NHLPA as well? <laughs> and once again, yeah, it's like, <laughs> what is the, NHLPA the, the Department of Player Safety, they work with the NHLPA, they work with the NHL. Honestly, Tom Wilson his play, like, again, we're talking about this. And, you know, I know a lot of people were, you know, well, I'll say this. Before we started recording, Christy and I were talking about uh, Puck Soup and their responses to this. And there's, I mean, I stayed away from all the drama on Twitter just because I didn't have the time to go through a lot of the arguments. But I have also meticulously curated my timeline to, (laughs) I don't see a lot of the bad takes on here. So I just... Anyone who can sit here and say that when you look at Tom Wilson and when you evaluate the the dangerous plays or, you know, the, the times he gets called in to be looked at from the Department of Player Safety, if you sit there and say each one is its individual uh, individual situation and you can't think of, like, his past repercussions, the past things that he's done, I'm sorry, you're wrong. Like, that's not how life works. Yeah, that's like, not you a can't thing. Just be like, yeah, like, it's not like, oh, every single time I make a mistake, it's a clean slate. That's not how it works. As people, we you don't have exist to, like, in a take vacuum. an account of what this kid does. Yeah, exactly. And for other people saying, like, oh, well, what was the Department of Player Safety supposed to do? Suspecting. They fined him 20 year, I mean, twenty games, and the NHLPA knocked it down to 14. Okay, we'll find him 30 and find him 40 and, and exaggerate it to the point where finally he gets the amount of games he deserves. Like, he should be suspended for the rest of the season and probably one playoff game because that was dangerous. And if the NHL cared about their players' health – they would say that they like the NHL is like, I don't know how they are a business. I, I don't know how they've sustained this long because they do not protect the, their, 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 their biggest assets. Yeah. Their assets. Like they don't protect the players at all. And if I was running a business, I'd be like, no, I need to protect the money makers. Like Connor McDavid, don't touch him. Sidney Crosby, don't touch him. Um, Artemi Panarin, don't touch him. Like I would be meticulously trying to make sure that the health of the of my like employees are a tip top shape so that I can give the best um product on the ice possible. But no, the NHL doesn't do that. It's right. And the game Again, like I said, burn it all down. <laughs> <laughs> and the actual game between the Rangers and the and the Caps like outside of like all the fighting was mm. probably really shitty because Artemi Panarin wasn't on the ice. Yes. It was, yes, it was, it was not, like, I felt bad for the Rangers, and here's the thing, 
I don't feel bad for the Rangers, like, ever. <laughs> like, you know? But I felt bad for them because, season. like, what were they... Like, they were trying to avenge what happened to them. But and Washington just... was just like, ah, whatever. But, like, TJ Oshie gets a hat trick. And, like, you know what I'm saying? They, they miserably lose. And it's right. just, like... So they couldn't even get vindication. It's like, all right, well, we're fighting for, like, our players and, like, our organization and, like, screw the NHL. They couldn't even have that moment because their best players weren't even on the ice and they couldn't even get it done. And it's just, I don't know. <laughs> and they're not that kind of team. <laughs> no, they're not. They're just not built I like do that. have a question. I do have a question. So the ownership firing the GM and the president of player opera, <laughs> hockey operations, what, what is going on there? What do you think? I don't know. I think, well, from what I've heard, James Dolan is a little out there um, and he has a lot of money. So I can see it being a combination of, of both things. Like they didn't immediately align with what he said. And mm-hmm. also the Rangers have kind of had like a, I mean, I wouldn't say it's completely disappointing. I think there's some bright spots, but he's in maybe he's probably impatient and he thought that they could have went for it this year so i can i see it as probably a combination of both maybe this means the rangers will get a new coach we'll see it's that that mindset and i like and honestly i i don't know enough about the rangers or even their ownership to even have an opinion. But I just can't help but think, I say that as I'm about to give my opinion. (laughs) I just can't believe that anyone would be upset with the Rangers rebuild. Right. Because they're like rebuilding on steroids. Like the Rangers, like nobody else is going to be able to do this because the Rangers have a unique, are in a unique position where they got the first overall pick twice in the span of like how many years they stock the cupboard so quickly with like quality prospects mm-hmm. and like for, on the free agent aspect, they got one of the top free agents yeah. in the past two years. Um, they're the guys that like, they're trying to like, yeah, they keep getting lucky with goaltending. They, um, the guys that they're like on their team where they're trying to like turn around, like they have quality players that they're uh, aiming to keep like, you know, Zabinajad, I know he had a tough season, and I hate to give him props, but... He turned I it around. Pro- like, he's still... Yeah, he's able to turn it around. Uh, the He should thank the Flyers. They gave him that, but... Um, <laughs> it's just, like, I, I don't know how you can be upset. Like, I, like, you literally two years ago said to your fans, like, we humbly tell you that we're rebuilding, blah, 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 <laughs> stick with us, and now you're like, oh, no, we want to be contenders? Like, do you not even... And, like, this is, you know, I think this is hard to, to say for a lot of owners, but, like, do you even know hockey? Like, no. Are you aware of what's going on in the league? No. Like, <laughs> this, this team is, like, um, this team is kind of like a toy to him because he also owns the Knicks. Yeah. And the Knicks are normally a mess. And this year, I don't know by what grace, what God he, they're praying to, mm. but they're doing pretty all right. And I think, yeah, I just think he's just, like, a really – impatient weird kind of guy without actually understanding mm-hmm. the sport yeah because you can look at the books and be like we're paying all of these people not to play for us so yeah. like <laughs> what are we paying these people for but i think the rangers are they are they're gonna be fine i have to wonder like did he just by the Rangers like is he a newer owner or has he had them for a long time because I mean the Rangers were there from the inception of the NHL so I don't know if this is like a team that's been passed down to him or he just was like hey one day let me buy the Rangers because it's the Rangers I think he is I think he's um, more hands off with the Rangers villain. All right, moving on to other news. So something that has been happening that Christy and I have not been talking about. I've been ignoring it actively. <laughs> I feel like we have to talk about it at least once. I want it's to. Connor McDavid. He is currently at the time of recording four points from a hundred points in the season and only fifty six games. Obviously, he hasn't played 56 games yet, but he's going to reach 100 points, and it's probably going to be in less than 54, 54 games. It's This is wild. wild. I mean, it's so crazy that you have to talk about it at least once. So, I mean, 
Like, can he stop? Like, he is just racking up. To be fair, the North Division is he, not. Yeah. I mean, Austin has like top 40 tier, something but, goals. Yeah. It's not top tier, but he is a good player. Like, obviously, he's a, a really good player. You know, I'm not going to call him great. I just want to call him really good. It's fine. <laughs> I don't pay attention to the North Division at all. And so I only see what he does when he plays against the Jets and the Canucks. And, and oh, and the set. And he, the oh, Jets just don't old. know what to do with him. Like, literally, easy three point night at least against the, any uh, of these teams. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You hate to see it, kind of. You do don't you do dislike to see it. I you know I'm not a fan of Connor <laughs> in hockey. Um, Outside, so you know, and that's where like this is a hockey podcast, so we don't talk about outside <laughs> of hockey. So it's like I would answer that question, but I can't. So inside of hockey, I'm not a McDavid fan. I don't really like to see it. So this be, isn't the greatest. You know, to talk like about. it would be crazy if he had like a competently run team. Like, imagine what else you would be able I, to do. I, like, recently I tweeted out, like, who ha- like who would you, like, who has already won the cup or hasn't yet won the cup that you do not want to win? And a couple people said McDavid, and I kind of agree. Like, I like the fact that he hasn't won a cup yet. I, I know everyone's like, oh, my God, like, can you imagine if he was on a good team? Like, no, I, I like to imagine him on an incompetent team. Him and Dreisaitl, they deserve this. <laughs> you know, if you want to be the best, you get drafted to the worst, and that's what happens. And y'all sign those contracts, so honestly, you seem happy there. Yeah. I guess it's a little bit of his fault. All right. So moving on, uh, this was really interesting to me, probably because it tied back to the Penguins just a teeny bit. TSN released an article titled, Tocket Unlikely to Return to the Coyotes. Now, we've talked about the Coyotes a good amount this season. They have been pretty messy uh, front office and ownership-wise. Uh, so not surprising that Tockett wouldn't return to the Coyotes. But my biggest thing is that, like, do you think, like, another team would try to pick him up? Would he go to Seattle? Do you even think that he's a good coach? Like, give me your thoughts. I was When I was reading this article, it was like he's been there for four years. And I was just like, really? Mm-hmm. He left the Penguins, for, like, that long ago? Yeah. It's been four years since the Cup, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's very upsetting. Um, and I think he... I think he's done a good enough job with what he's with what he's been given. Um, and I think he's proven that he can be a good coach on his own. However, maybe he would be more optimized as a uh, assistant coach. If I was Seattle, I don't know if he would be my first person. Like I'd probably try to go after Gallant first since he's, mm. he seems to be the best one. Yeah, I I think, you know, if I was Seattle, I would take a look at my team and see where my team is before I'd get a coach. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know that's probably backwards because you want the coach to be able to look at the players available and see what he wants. So, but I would just, like, it just depends. Like, do I have a younger team that could possibly in a couple of years be in the playoffs? I think I would go with Taka. But like you said, there's so many other quality coaches available that and there's probably a lot more coaches that are, will be available at the end of the season so I don't know uh, it, it's just hard but I really do like uh, uh, Taka and I think that he has progressed over a, an assistant role I think that he's earned um, you know the right to to be get that opportunity to be a head coach yeah so I don't know, but I did say if the Pens, if he's interested in being an assistant coach, do you think the Pens should get him? Who's our assistant? Who are the assistants right now? Ah, Todd Reardon oh, right. and um, oh, the, guy the AHL coach Moose, that yeah. got brought up. Yeah. I mean, the Pens are doing pretty good with what they got. They are doing really good. It's just, it would be like, it would be very Jim Rutherford oh, <laughs> to just well. go back and get an assistant. We don't have it But I, I thought that talk it worked really well with Sullivan, you but could. then again, you know, you can't go back. You need to go forward. I'm just nostalgic. Like we Maybe said, it's been four years. It hurts. 
I mean, I would not hate that. You know, he did play for the Flyers. He did. He did when he was a when he was a player. He played for the Flyers. Did he played for, uh, the he Flyers? played for the Flyers, then went to Pittsburgh and won a cup with Pittsburgh. Love that. Very heartbreaking. Love that for him. Um. All right, so before we get into the Penguins, I definitely want to take a look at the standings. Like I said, I mean, I can't speak for Christy. I know for myself, I've been very focused on the Eastern Division. So looking at the standings came with a few surprises and a couple teams that I'm excited to see. Now, I think the biggest surprise for me happened to be in the Central Division because at the time of recording, Carolina is at the top of the the Central Division, which... I think if you were to ask me at the start of this season and in the middle of the season, I don't think I would have said Carolina would be at the top of the standings by the end of the season. But here we are. They they are there. <laughs> and under them is not Tampa. It's Florida. It is Tampa. And then under Florida. It is? Yeah. Uh, but when I did the standings, it was Florida first. Okay. So they're tied technically, but Tampa has played less games. They're tied in points, but Tampa's played in less games. So, I still think that the Florida could end up jumping up in front of Tampa. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Tampa does have one more game in hand, which gives them the tiebreaker of being in front of them. Or no, they have one more win. Oh, that gives them the tiebreaker. And they play each other on Saturday. Um, and and Monday, the last the last three of the la- yeah, the last, last two. two games will be the battle of second because I don't oh, see them ca- catching Carolina. No, Carolina's comfort comfortably in first place. Yeah, and I think okay. So <laughs> the Eastern Division is the only division that has secured its four playoff teams. <laughs> um, the Central still is. It's going to be Nashville. I don't see Dallas jumping Nashville, but oh. it's. Nashville hasn't clinched yet. Um, and then for the North, it's going to most likely be Montreal, even though, though Calgary could probably they, uh, catch them if everything goes wrong. If, like, literally Montreal wins no more games. <laughs> uh, Calgary could? No, I don't think. Technically, they can, but I don't see how they They could. They could. Yeah, it's just unrealistic. Calgary has uh, five more games to go, and they're behind uh, Montreal by 10 points. So Montreal most likely will make it, but still haven't clinched yet. And then for the West Division, uh, St. Louis hasn't clinched yet, um, but they have five games in, or they have more games in hand than Arizona, so likely the Coyotes will miss the playoffs. So, like I said, my surprises were Carolina being in first, Tampa not being in first, and then Florida, like, rivaling Tampa for the second seed. Uh, I also am pretty surprised by Calgary uh, missing the playoffs, but it's also Calgary, so they could either make the playoffs or they can miss it, and it seems like this year they're missing it. Um, were there any other surprises for you? <laughs> um, I think, I think Florida was a surprise for me and just mm-hmm. how they're winning games because they're not they're not depending on Bobrovsky and I guess maybe it shouldn't be a surprise because they have a good coach and like he would get the best out of those guys but I think for me Florida um, Minnesota has kind of been a surprise because I thought they would just be really boring and I don't want to mention it. Danielle's tired of talking about it. But just how not good the Flyers have been was a surprise for me. And just Winnipeg. Just oh Winnipeg. I love how you were like, I'm not going to mention it, but, and then mentioned it. I didn't, you know, go, <laughs> I didn't go into detail. That's very fair. And that's very kind of you. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, I think I agree with a lot of things you said. I think Minnesota is more on my who I'm excited to see list than, like, surprise list because I watched them halfway through the season, and so I was like, oh, this team could actually make a run for it. Um, but, I mean, I think that's all fair, like, where Florida is. The fact that it's without Bob, Chef's Kiss, and, like, <laughs> I'm not a Bob you fan hate him. at all. <laughs> I hate him. Like, I, I'm, I just don't like him. And I don't like anyone who came from Columbus. Besides Derek Broussard, he was the only one. 
But yeah, the Flyers, they have been bad. It all fell apart this year. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, a, lot of, a lot of teams have kind of had like really, really rough years. And I'm sure they're just waiting for it to be over. Like yeah. Columbus, Dallas, um, Vancouver. Yeah, I would say Dallas is a surprise, even though you could say um, COVID and injuries hurt them mm-hmm. with like Sagan just coming back like a couple yeah. of games ago. And Ben Bishop being out. Um, Kudobin hasn't been co- as good. Key, yeah, yeah. Kudobin definitely hasn't been as good. Oh, and God. Rupe Hintz is hurt. Yeah. But he, like, still plays every night. But he's not 100%. That's crazy. Um, I know. And when he plays, he's very good still. So, like, imagine if he was healthy. Right. It's just, like, I feel like Dallas, it's really unfortunate what happened to them. Mm-hmm. The, I don't think it's similar as, like, the Flyers. I think Calgary probably is, like, the Flyers. Closest to the Flyers where it's just, like, what, what happened? the F happened. But, but Calgary has been, like, steadily declining. Yeah. So what do you think they should I don't do? Know if they're really comparable. That I don't know. Like I, I don't know what I don't know what like the problem is. I don't know like I don't know a lot of their like roster and stuff. So I, I ha- don't have an opinion on it yet. But I do think that's something we should look into in the off season. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking they probably need to blow up at this point. And I think they probably are. Yeah. So I said I'm excited to see Minnesota. Is there any other teams you're excited to see? I think all of your teams are in the playoffs, so what's that like? <laughs> it's a little nerve-wracking, to be honest, because I have concerns um, for Winnipeg especially. Because uh, I don't think whoever they play, they're going to beat. No. For for Pittsburgh, I'm well, for Tampa, I'm just like, okay, Hopefully, once everybody gets back, we'll all kind things will kind of just start clicking again. And for the Penguins, I'm kind of just nervous on who they're gonna play, but I think they have mm-hmm. like a good shot. Like I'm like optimistic about the Penguins. So out of your three teams, like if you guys don't know, listening, Christy likes the Penguins, of course, the Jets, and Tampa. So rank how how far you think each team will go. Like oh. who like who do you think will get furthest? And who you think will, you know, furthest to least furthest, I guess. Okay. So least furthest, obviously, Winnipeg. Um, I... <laughs> <laughs> I think... I think... Like, don't lie. Just say it. I think... I think that both the Penguins and Tampa can make it to the second round. I think looking at it like with who they would have to play based on their based on where they're at in the standings I think Tampa would have the would have it harder if Stamkos and Kucherov don't get back uh, if they do it might be it might be a little bit better but I think Tampa and Florida, when they play, they play each other really, really hard. And those games are always very, very stressful. Um, Whereas I think the Penguins can beat the Islanders right now, just with how the Islanders have been playing and how the Penguins have been playing. Goaltending is still a question. But I think with how the Penguins have been scoring, um, they might be able to do it. So Winnipeg first, and I think... Um, the Pens and Tampa can both make it to the second round. After that, who knows? That's interesting. I thought that Stamkos was playing, but then again, I don't know why Stamkos always gets hurt. So I should have, like... I mean, am I lying? Yeah, he does always get hurt. He was so close. Thank you. And, yeah, I mean... But, I, I mean, I thought you would rank it, like, Tampa could make it the furthest, then Pittsburgh, then... Uh, the Jets, which I feel like that's the right answer, but you don't want to say that. But but speaking of the Penguins, let's get into them. So the Penguins currently are first in the Eastern Division, and we are, fingers crossed, hoping that sticks. 
because, I mean, if you listen to our last episode, we do not want to play Boston. And, like, for our mental health, we don't want to play the Caps. So it seems like the Islanders are the lesser of three evils. And then Wilson was just vindicated. I don't want him hurting anyone. (laughs) Like, he's going to go crazy. He's going to go crazy once he's let out. He's like a rabid dog. Um, So the Penguins only have one game left at the time of recording. It's against Buffalo. They just played Buffalo and put up eight goals against them. Thank you, Jeff Carter, for the four spot. We appreciate it. Um, Malkin is back, and uh, that is a positive. But, of course, there are still more injuries. Um. Casey DeSmith is out. Uh, Evan Rodriguez is out. And Mike Matheson is out. Mike Matheson, um, he got injured with a puck to the face from Jari, who was attempting to clear the puck. Um, It it hit Mike Matheson in the face, and he is out considered week to week. And I think that is one of the biggest holes so far in the lineup. Um, The Penguins have recalled goaltender Alex Diorio from Wilkes-Barre-Scranton. So it seems like he's going to be backing up... uh, He's going to be backing up Tristan Jari, which is a little bit scary because going down into the playoffs, you want to have both your goalies. But um, some positive is that Tanev is still skating and he he's still looking to be available in the playoffs. Um, so we will wait and see. Uh, Jankowski is also skating, but I think once he even is better, I don't think he'll cl- crack this lineup. No. Speaking of the lines, this is what we have so far at the most recent practice. Um, Crosby is centering Drew. Uh, Drew. Drew. I was about to say Drew. Gensel and Russ. Um, Malkin is centering Zucker and Kapanen. McCann or Carter is centering McCann and Gaudreau. And Bluger is centering Zach Aston Reese and Sevier. On defense, it looks like it's Brian Dumlin and Latang. Rue Riedel with CeCe. Uh, Pedersen with Marino, and then Friedman and Ricola are the extras. Last episode, we were really wondering who would be on Malkin's wing, so it's good to see that Kapanen obviously took his spot back, and then Zucker was put on that line. I was a little... I was wondering if they were going to split up McCann, Carter, and Zucker, and they did. They (laughs) kept Carter and and McCann together, which after watching a couple of games, I think that is the right thing to do. (laughs) This third line of McCann, Carter, and Gaudreau, I've seen people say that it's it's reminding them of an HBK-esque. Every time. I want to get your opinion. Do you think that's true? Every time we have like a good, like a good-ish third line, it's just like, oh, is this the new HBK? Um, but they were really good last game. Especially, I mean, it was the Sabres, but the Sabres have been known to win games against teams trying to get into the playoffs. So, I mean... That line had at least eight or nine points in the last game. Um, Gaudreau had three assists in that game. Carter, four goals. McCann, a goal himself. Um, I, I mean, it's very HBK-esque. They, <laughs> they're producing like HBK did at the, at certain times. So I could definitely see the, the similarities. Um, you know, we talked about Jankowski and you know, Tanev being close to return, returning, like, I guess that begs the question, Gaudreau, do you take him out of the lineup? I, I, I don't see how that's possible. No, I don't, I don't think, I don't see how that's possible either. Like, I think Tanev goes back yeah. in, Seizure's out, and maybe if Evan Rodriguez um comes back, then you might take Gaudreau out, but I wouldn't take Gaudreau out for Jankowski. Yeah, not at all. And I'm wondering, you know, if Evan is back, if there's an injury in the playoffs, that's where you slot him in. But I feel so bad for him because last episode we were just talking. Maybe it was the last episode or the episode before we were talking about how much we loved him and like how much he deserves his spot. So it's so it's so unfortunate to see that he got injured. And now there's players, you know, playing ahead of him and you kind of feel uneasy getting uh like you know switching them out um and giving him ice time that's so unfortunate 
one thing I don't have down on our outline, Chrissy, but I definitely wanted to bring in or talk about a little smugly myself is that the power play. <laughs> a lot of Penguins fans were not in agreement of putting Malkin back on that top power play. They said, no, put him on the second power play. And Sullivan knew that I would find his home address and attack him. <laughs> so he put Malkin back on that top power play. Unfortunately, Jaron McCann was the one to get slotted into the second. But I don't even know if I would say unfortunately, because I think that with the chemistry that he had, him and Carter have, you know, found, I think that helps make the second power play dangerous. And it's been a long time since you could say the Penguins had a third line and a second power play unit that also could produce. Yeah. And now they're fifth in the league in power plays. And it's just like, when did that happen? That, like, that is insane. And, like, the fact that it's not fifth since, like, the start of March. It's, like, fifth overall. Like, that's, that's how much. Wild. That is, like, it's it's very, very interesting. I, I'm shocked at this point. <laughs> but so I <laughs> Like, it's just, it's it's weird. Like, that's just not happening. And, you know, the Penguins still have a ways to go for the penalty kill. I believe <laughs> yeah. they are... 25th. What's... 25th in the league on the pe- pe- penalty kill. And that's... I mean, that, that could... It could be make or break, right? Because in the, in the playoffs, there's less penalties. But the penalties that are called are very important. Right. So if their penalty kill can't... Uh, produce at a 85 percent which is a lot that's a 10 point job at least 80 Um, at least that's a little concerning yeah i mean well here's the thing like you if their power play is producing at a 25 or 24 percent then it's like it it should i've I've seen people say it should equal 100 but i think when you're going into the playoffs you want to have a top 10 special teams yeah yeah, well, both of them should be in the top 10 if you're thinking of making it further. But, you know, I'm beggars can't be choosers with the Penguins, so I'm just happy that the power play is productive yeah. and the third line is very productive. Um, of course, I, when I'm hosting especially, I'm always going to bring it back to Malkin. I did want to get your thoughts on the Zucker, Malkin, Kapanen line with how little we've seen of them into the you know so far, but I, I'd love to get your, your thoughts. I think what was the the game that Malkin no, not that game. The game before last, before the Sabres. It was against the Capitals. No, the Flyers. The Flyers. I don't recall if they played together that game, but I do recall thinking that Malkin was do, was doing really well and it was just kind of like a matter of time. And I think that's very Malkin esque. It does take him it does take him, like, a few games. Like, I don't think Malkin's look bad or anything. And I think him and Cappy just work. And Zucker is just there. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair to say. I think I agree with you on there. Um, Malkin hasn't scored a goal yet, but... He's close. Has, yeah, his, has racked up assists. And that's what you want to kind of see... That's what you want to see him do because, you know, Kapanen, I think, is really that goal scorer on on Malkin's line. I think that that is, I mean, he is so good on the forecheck and he'll dig pucks out. Um, And if he can get dig pucks out, get pucks to Malkin, I think that's when um, the chemistry is really at its best and Malkin will always find his wingers. That's just a for sure thing. I, I think... Uh, if I'm remembering right, that Zucker goal, Cappy went in and forechecked like a beast and was able to strip the puck and then got it to Malkin. Malkin gets it to Zucker, who is alone right in front of the goalie and puts the puck in the net just as one that I'm standing out to me. Um, so I, I think that they could, they can they can be a very good second line. I think that... Um, I I am happy that Malkin is getting these games before the playoffs to dust off the rust. And here's the thing. He was out for like 24 games, so he's not going to jump back and be insane. Like, that's just not – if that's what you're expecting, I think that you need to really (laughs) reevaluate yourself. Um, Yeah, uh, but I do think that, like, you know, 
the more he can rack up points, the more he can uh, touch the puck and really um, get his legs up under him. I think that's positive for the playoffs because you want to see him be primed and ready for the playoffs versus dusting off and making these, you know, defensive lapses that he is known to make. And I think um, um, so. he's played, when he was playing, he's played pretty consistently with Kapanen and he's played yeah. pretty consistently with Zucker. So I think mm. he knows how they both play so that he can just do <laughs> what he has to do. Like yeah. he doesn't have to like build chemistry with them because he already knows how they play. Yeah, and I think what's even better is they know how he plays. Because I don't think that Gino modifies his game to fit his wingers. I think it's kind of his wingers adjusting to him. And, like, here's the thing. Like, Malkin is going to carry the puck in, so you don't have to worry about carrying the puck in. So if you get the puck to him, he'll make, get it into the offensive zone eight times out of ten. And so I think that's, like, that's a relief to some player, some wingers because you know one of the hardest things I think for them is getting it through the neutral zone and so you don't have to worry about that but I think that Kapanen is able to do that so that does take off some of the the pressure on Malkin and and I just like you said I just think that the Malkin and Kapanen pair is very good and and they can build chemistry and what I really like about how the Penguins are structured right now is that Malkin doesn't have to be worried about Kapanen getting moved off his line Mm -hmm. like Gensel Russ Crosby is a solid line that's gonna happen. That's that's gonna be every the starting line or the first line every night. So you don't have to worry about that unless someone gets hurt. But I think that Sullivan now has like it's like how uh, Gensel and Crosby are a pair, Malkin and Kapanen a pair, Carter and McCann are a pair, Bluger and Zach Aston Reese are a pair. So it's like finally you got your pairs and they can just everyone else can plug in where they need to plug in. So that is very positive because I don't think we could say that last season. Yeah, yeah. Maybe for surprises like the Penguins have been a surprise this year. I, like I would, I would like people to think that, but I don't know. I, I, you know, the Penguins. Everyone wants them. They're like their reign to be over. So I think they're kind of just like, oh, you know, because like everyone lumps them in with like the Kings and the Blackhawks, yeah. and and I feel like honestly, I think that the Penguins and the Capitals are too like on their in their own tier mm-hmm. because again, like as we're talking about the Penguins, the Capitals. Right now, I I don't know how what's like their how they've been doing, but I know that they have lost. They're they're they have some injuries. Like Ovechkin's not playing right now, and that's weird because Ovechkin never gets hurt, right. and uh, uh, Kuznetsov is is scratched because he broke protocol, and oh, so it, it's just interesting. Yeah, yeah, and apparently. Uh, I don't know how true this is, but apparently the Caps are listening in on some Kuznetsov offers because I think they're sick of it. He's very, like, he's very much, like, plays what, yeah, I mean, like, I would never give him the benefit, like, I would never, like, openly say I like Kuznetsov, but I can see the appeal, but he is very, like, plays well when he wants to play well. Mm -hmm. And I think where the Caps are right now, it's like, they want to win. And it's not like, if we win, we win. It's like, no, we want to win. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you need to play 100% all the time. But I but I will say that I feel like the playoffs is when he starts to turn it on. So it's just weird. It's just weird. I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> the bird I feel like... Um... I feel like with the Penguins, people are always just like, oh, I mean, they don't look very good, but you can never count out Crosby, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like... Yeah, yeah. I hate when they say he's that. He's only But it's like person. true, but I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> you can only do so much. And I think it discounts how hard everybody else on the team is working. Very true. But I will say, whenever they need him, he he does always step up. Yeah. Like, he does always make sure that happens. So it's like, it's hard to count him out, but it's also like, let's not put too much pressure on him. But then it's also like, he wants that pressure. I don't know. It's very weird. He's he's insane. Um, But he's very, very consistent. There are very few times where you're just like, oh, probably shouldn't have did that. I will say in the first Flyers games, because uh, they played the Flyers, got scored seven goals on, and then they scored seven yeah. goals. So very weird. Um, very in that dramatic. first game, the Flyers were able to negate Crosby. Like, 
end that line. Uh, obviously, they came back and were able to produce the next night. But, uh, you know, after watching them against Boston and watching them the first game against the, the Flyers, it was a little concerning because, obviously, Boston's not too concerning because that line is put out against the Bergeron line. And if anyone can stop it, it's Bergeron. So you hate to see that line being the one that's played. But then again, that just adds to the fact that that's why we don't want to play Boston. (laughs) (laughs) So so it's kind of was like, yeah, I don't know. But I, you know, after watching the Penguins play Boston, play Philly, hopefully end their last game with a win, um, do you still feel like it's important for the Penguins to get and solidify first place? Um, I think it's Im- I I think it's important if we don't want to play, if we're trying to play the team that's doing the worst right now in the division, and that is the Islanders. Um, but the Islanders can always turn it around whenever they feel like it. Um, yeah, like, I don't, I don't want to play Boston at all. So winning first would guarantee that. But I do think that no matter who and where they play, I think, I kind of think they'll make it out the first round. I don't know. I have, like, faith in them. I, I do, but then I'm just like, if they don't, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I I think I'm in the same mindset. Like, I personally don't want to watch the Penguins play Boston or play Washington Mm -hmm. in the first round. I don't want them to play the Islanders, but that's, like, who is left. So, me personally, like, what I want to watch, I don't want them to play the two hardest teams. But I also think that, like, when I look at this team, it's hard, right? Because the last two games were against the Flyers, who were out of playoff contention weeks ago, and the Sabres who were out of playoff contention months ago. Mm-hmm. So it's really, it's like they looked good. They scored seven, they scored eight. That third line looked great, but it's like, did the third line, <laughs> will the third line look good against the Capitals? Will that third line look good against the Bruins? I, I don't know. But I feel like there's something different about this team and there's something positive about this team. So I want to say, I feel like this team can beat any of these three teams. Right the Caps, the Bruins, or the Islanders. But like everyone says, and I hate this cliched saying, but you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. So the like teams that you thought you could beat could beat you, or you can beat teams that you didn't think you could beat. So I don't know. I, I still personally want them to get first, but I feel like at this point, it's out of their hands. Yeah. They need to win against uh, the Sabres. But they also, but also like the Bruins and the Caps play each other. So, you know, they can end up winning and, and the the Caps can take the first. And it's just, they have more games in hand. And I, I just, that makes me uncomfortable because it's out of the Penguins' hand at this point. Yeah, yeah. But the Penguins did everything that they can to get in the yeah, position that's, I mean, listen, I'm not saying that I'm angered by anything the Penguins did. They did the best that they could. And we'll just have to see from there. I do like, I mean, a, the, a benefit from them being their first game being over this weekend. Um, they have time to rest. Sweet so teams that are players that need to rest can rest up. Um, and they can go through, hopefully, shoring up that penalty kill and and stuff like that. So I don't know. Uh, uh, oh, it's the Penguins. Yeah. And... The Bruins and the Cap, yeah, the Bruins and the Caps, they still have kind of tough-ish teams to play. Like, the Bruins still mm-hmm. have the Islanders and the Caps, and then the Caps have, I think, Philly twice, um, which, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not an easy out, but it'll be a little tough. But I think you can say the Flyers will give, the, the Caps will come away with three or four at least. <laughs> you don't you don't know that. I mean, the the. The Flyers, I mean, they never really seem to take care of it when they like when they were playing the Penguins. The Flyers had the nerve to win a game, and it's just like, oh, you guys want to show up after sweeping, almost getting swept by the Devils? That is unacceptable. Like, it's just it's very frustrating. 
Yeah. They will always show up to try to play the penguins. They will always show up. Anybody else? That's so frustrating. It's touch or go, but they will f- they will forever show up against That's the penguins. all of these teams, though, in the East. And I'm sick of it. It's, it's, it's really upsetting. Yeah. But with that said, anything else on the, the penguins? Um, anything that maybe you, we didn't touch on? Not really. I do have a I do have some concerns in terms of goaltending, but there's not mm-hmm. much that they can do. Yeah. Like would you I guess looking back on it, like as as we get ready to go into the playoffs or as the penguins get ready to go into the we're playoffs. Going I mean, to. We we're back. team. <laughs> do you think that it was the right move to get Carter instead of shoring up goaltending? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would make the yeah. same move. Yeah, Hextall can. Yeah, be a I mean, as we need it, as shaky as Penguins goaltending is, I, I think going out and getting a third line center was the right move, and Carter just looks better and better the more he plays for the team, and so look how easy that yeah. was to get. A third line center. I mean, <laughs> like a part of me like thinks that sometimes it's a little bit of luck. Yeah. Because I feel like the Brassard trade was always a fantastic trade. Yeah, I'm like he was a playoff. Like he was a, a killer. <laughs> like he was. Like he oh, wasn't big play kill brass, teams. like whatever they call him. Yeah, big game brass, big game brass. Okay. So he like he was a really great addition, and it's like. You know, this guy wasn't a third line center. He was a second line center. So if you put that second line center on your third line, of course it's going to go right. But that's not how life works. Like Benino, who was like a third line center at best, worked out perfectly. And Jeff Carter, who I think played second line in with the Kings, maybe he played third line. He comes in and looks fantastic. And it does help that we do have Jared McCann, who... This season is having a great season, yeah. so that just coupled up with Jeff Carter, he looks incredible. We didn't have well, I, I was gonna say like we didn't have a McCann when Broussard was there, but we had a Shiri. Uh, who did not look yeah, good. Yeah, like Shiri <laughs> looks is great. No McCann. <laughs> yeah, no, he's not. But he, I mean, he's I guess he's like kind of a McCann for Washington. He's been playing pretty well for them. Mm. But you know who's been playing in, incredible for the Caps? Daniel Sprong. <laughs> Especially in Ovechkin's has. absence. They said he's been playing on the top line. He's been looking really good. So, Wow. That's upsetting. If only but, he was drafted by the Penguins. Oh, wait. He was. Yeah. Imagine that. So, they have way too many Penguins. Hag's like, okay, I get it. Like, everybody in the East wants Carl Hagelin at least once. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, Shiri, Sprong, like, it's just weird. It's upsetting. All right. <clears throat> Anything else on the Penguins? Nope. All right. Well, that is it for us this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe, maybe tell a friend. And if you really like this episode, give us a five-star review if you're listening on iTunes. You can reach us on Twitter at where's underscore my underscore stick. Come say hi. We always love to talk hockey. And we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.